Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Want to make sure you never miss a Chilling Tales for Dark Nights video again? Be sure to subscribe and hit that bell to turn on notifications. It's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Good evening, listener. You're listening to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. On tonight's edition, we invite you to leave behind your safe reality and descend with us into the frightening depths of the most terrifying imaginations with two audio adaptations of frightening fiction about dangerous doppelgangers and vengeful victims. I'm your host for the evening, friend, Steve Taylor, and tonight I'll be your guide as we traverse the dimly lit corridors of your darkest dreams. Joining us tonight to bring to life the frightening fiction of Jason Calzadilla and Caleb Stevens are voice talents Nick Goroff, Creepyface, Melissa Medina, Heather Ordover, and Kyle Stroud. Now, get your ticket ready. Take your seat in our theater of the minds and brace yourself. It's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Our first tale of the evening is written by Jason Calzadilla and is performed by Nick Goroff, Creepyface, and Melissa Medina. In it, we'll meet a suburban couple who have just experienced the joy of moving into a new home. However, as our main character is about to learn, the house isn't the only thing that's new. And without further ado, I present to you, The New House. The TV murmured softly in the background as I sat up in bed, typing on my laptop. I'd been working all morning, and was pleased with the progress I was making. After cracking my knuckles and stretching my arms over my head, I yawned and looked around the room. It had been two weeks since my wife, Sarah, and I had moved into our new house, and it was already beginning to feel like home. 
Staring up at the ceiling, I remembered the ordeal we went through in procuring our new abode. We had searched for months, trying to find a house that was close to her workplace and within our budget with no luck. After a while, we started to lose hope when we happened to be driving by the house and saw a for sale sign in the front yard. I called the number on the sign and was able to talk to the realtor. We nearly jumped out of our seats when we heard how much this house was selling for, as it was well below our budget. Sarah and I met with the realtor the next day and toured the property. The house was everything we were looking for, and we both instantly fell in love with it. We were ready to close the deal then and there, but something was bothering me about the realtor. She seemed nervous and suspiciously eager to get the house sold as soon as possible. After some prodding, I was able to get her to reveal why she was acting the way she was. The realtor told us that the previous occupants were a young couple, much like ourselves, and they were found dead in the house a year prior. She said that their deaths were ruled as homicides, but the murderer was never caught. Because of this, she was having a difficult time getting the old house sold. Naturally, my wife and I were a bit hesitant about buying a house after hearing about its dark past, but after some discussion, we came to the conclusion that it was likely be more difficult for us to find a house that didn't harbor a few metaphorical skeletons. Also, the price was way too low for us to walk away from, so we didn't. And a few days later, we were the proud owners of our very first house. As a writer, I was fortunate enough to be able to work from home while my wife was stuck at an office all day. I didn't mind, however, as having the house to myself for a few hours on weekdays was actually kind of nice. Although, I found the silence to be a bit eerie at times. It reminded me of when I would stay home sick from school as a child. I lived with my single mother, and she worked during the day, so I always had the house to myself during those times. Being home alone was always bittersweet to me. I enjoyed the freedom of knowing that I could do anything I wanted and nobody could stop me. But on the other hand, being alone in the house made me feel vulnerable. I could never shake the feeling that someone or something might be creeping around the corner, ready to strike when I least expected it. Yawn escaped my mouth and I decided that I needed some coffee before I continued working. I was just about to get out of bed and head to the kitchen when I heard a knock on the bedroom door. Startled, I froze in place. Sarah wasn't supposed to be home for another five hours. She could have possibly come home early, but it wasn't like her to not call or text first to let me know she was coming. Eager to confirm that the person who had knocked was indeed my wife, I asked hesitantly. Sarah, is that you? I was answered with silence. My heart was beating fast and I could feel myself starting to panic when the door slowly began to open. I held my breath as the door creaked slowly, revealing the person standing behind it. And a huge sigh of relief shot out of my lungs when I saw Sarah standing in the doorway. Jeez, babe, you scared the shit out of me, <laughs> I said, beginning to laugh. I'm sorry, I came home from work early. Would you like me to make you some coffee? She asked with a smile. Oh, yeah, I was just about to get up to make some. That'd be great, I said, pleasantly surprised at her accurate assessment of my need. Okay, I'll go do that, she said, before turning around and walking down the hallway toward the kitchen. Thanks, honey. You're the best, I shouted out to her. I laid back on the bed and grabbed the TV remote, 
After a few minutes of mindlessly surfing the channels, I heard my phone buzzing on the nightstand next to the bed. I picked it up to see that Sarah was calling me. That's odd, I thought. Why didn't she just come to the room to tell me the coffee was ready? Hey, babe. Is the coffee ready? I asked immediately after answering the phone. Coffee? What are you talking about? I just called to tell you that I'm on my way home. I decided to come spend my lunch break with my handsome husband in our new house. She said without a hint of sarcasm. Somehow, the casual tone of her voice made me nervous, though I knew she was joking. I mean, she had to be. She was already home. I had seen her mere minutes earlier. <laughs> very funny. But seriously, is the coffee ready? I asked with a bit of unease in my voice. What are you talking about? I'm not at home. Are you okay? You haven't been into the whiskey this early in the day, have you? Come on, honey, stop joking. I saw you just a few minutes ago, I said. My annoyance now palpable. I'm not joking. I, I don't know who you think you saw, but it definitely wasn't me. Are you being serious? Yes, of course I am. Do you need proof? A loud beeping noise blared through the phone that was unmistakably the sound of a car horn. There, see? I'm in the car. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dream. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Suddenly, the loud, piercing sound of a smoke detector startled me, causing me to drop the phone. It sounded like it was coming from the kitchen. Determined to get to the bottom of the impossible situation I was in, I crept carefully toward the bedroom door and made my way slowly down the hallway toward the kitchen. About halfway there I could smell smoke. Hurrying my pace, I reached the opening of the kitchen and was met with a horrifying sight. The kitchen was on fire, and standing in the middle of the inferno was Sarah. But it wasn't her. It couldn't be. She looked wrong. Her face was writhing intensely, as if it had a mass of worms underneath the skin, struggling to hold itself together. The coffee's ready, she said cheerfully, as a black liquid began to pour from her eyes and outstretched smile. I let out a terrified yell and started running back towards the bedroom. The thing that wasn't Sarah gave chase while screeching in a high-pitched, inhuman voice. The coffee is ready. The coffee is ready. The coffee is ready. I barged through the bedroom door, slamming and locking it behind me. The thing that wasn't Sarah began to pound on the door with such force that I was afraid it would give way at any moment. Desperate for an escape, I ran to the window and flung it open, but just as I was about to jump out, I stopped when I saw Sarah's car pulling into the driveway. I hammered my fists on the window and yelled as loud as I could, pleading for her not to come inside. But it was no use. All I could do was watch helplessly as she casually got out of her car and walked to the front door. 
Upon her entry, the thing at the bedroom door abruptly stopped its pounding, and there was a brief silence before it was shattered by the sound of Sarah screaming. I quickly grabbed my phone off the floor and ran out of the room. The hallway was filled with smoke, and I could barely breathe as I made my way through. I found Sarah standing in the front of the kitchen, which was now fully engulfed in flames. We have to get out of here, I yelled, as I grabbed her arm and pulled her to the front door, getting us outside at a safe distance. I called 911. Within minutes, our street was flooded with fire trucks and police cars. An officer questioned us while the firefighters went to work, putting out the blaze that was rapidly consuming the house. After talking with the officer for a few minutes, he determined that there was nothing more we could do at that time and suggested that we stay at a nearby motel for the night. I gave the officer my contact information and he assured us that he would keep us updated on the situation. Sarah didn't go back into work and we decided to go straight to the motel. She sat silent in the passenger seat as I drove. I knew she was mad at me. She always gave me the silent treatment when she was mad at me. I couldn't blame her though. After all, we finally found our dream house and I had to go and burn it down. But I didn't do it. I wanted so badly to tell her what I had seen. About the thing that looked like her and was the real cause of the fire. But I couldn't. She would have thought I was crazy, and I might have had to agree with her. What I saw couldn't have been real. It was impossible. The more likely explanation is that I came in contact with something that caused me to hallucinate. Maybe there was a gas leak. That would explain the fire. I didn't know. All I knew was I couldn't tell Sarah about it. It would take some time but I was confident that we would get through this. It was late afternoon when we pulled into the motel parking lot. After checking in, we didn't do much for the rest of the day. Sarah locked herself in the bathroom, but I didn't say anything about it. I figured the best thing for me to do was to give her some space, and she would come around eventually. I laid in bed watching TV, and at some point I must have fallen asleep because the next thing I knew, I was awoken by vibrations coming from my pocket. I grabbed my phone and looked to see who was calling, but I didn't recognize the number. I answered it and was greeted by the police officer that had talked to us at the scene of the fire. Hello, Mr. Grayson. Do you have a moment to talk? He said solemnly. Um, yes, of course. Were you able to determine the cause of the fire? I asked. The exact cause of the fire is still unknown, but we were able to determine that it originated in the kitchen. Yes, that's what I figured. Mr. Grayson, was there anyone else living in the house besides you and your wife? No, it was just us. Did your wife happen to return to the house after you both had left? No, we went straight to the motel and we've been here ever since. Why do you ask? Well, the thing is, the firefighters found the charred remains of a body while searching the house. It's kind of hard to tell, but it looks a lot like your wife. Just then, I heard the bathroom door click open. My blood ran cold as I slowly turned around to see Sarah standing in the doorway with a smile spread across her writhing face. I hope you enjoyed The New House, as written by Jason Calzadilla and voiced by Nick Goroff, Creepy Face, and Melissa Medina. Voice actor and 2016 Evil Idol champion Nick Goroff's talents can be found on our very own Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, as well as on past episodes of the Simply Scary podcast. You can also join Nick on his YouTube channel, Wizard of Cause. Creepy Faces performances can be found right here on our very own network, as well as on his YouTube channel called by the same name. 
He has worked so very hard making a career out of voice acting and his love for horror. I implore you to please check him out. And as a reminder, voice actress Melissa Medina's work can be found on the official Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, as well as her website, hearmelissa.com. That's H-E-A-R-M-E-L-I-S-S-A dot com. Our second tale of the evening is written by Caleb Stevens and performed by Nick Goroff, Heather Ordover, and Kyle Stroud. In it, we'll meet a man pushed too far by the injustices of humanity. Uh-oh, that never ends well, does it? Now, without further ado, I present to you, Homecoming. Please, just take what you want and leave, Callan says. No, I think not, Mr. Evans. I thumbed the chin of my Grim Reaper mask, as if considering the request. My eyes never leave his. A chill spreads over his wife's porcelain face, her eyes snapping wide at the mention of her name. Yes, Laura, I know your husband, and I know you too. She's still a thing of beauty, this asp of a woman, though the years have taken some of the shine off. Her makeup is barely thick enough to smooth the sudden worry lines. Wrinkles sprout out from the corner of her eyes like fledgling bushes. A spray of sunspots drifts from her hands and up her arms. The full cheeks I remember so well have been pared back to sharp angles, chiseled away by time. That or Kellen's lies. Either way, she played a hand in this, and I will show her no pity. No one comes away clean tonight. No one. Not even the boy bound next to her, watching me through brown pools of fear. This child I'd yearned to be. The blood-born son. Who are you? Kellen asks, eyes red-rimmed and swimming with panic. Gabe, is that you? This isn't funny. I lean in close and cut him off, leveling my gaze. Think, Mr. Evans, think. Answer for yourself. Who am I? He shrinks back, nearly tipping his chair. I, I, I don't know. Oh, but you do. I settle back in the chair, cross my legs, and keep the gun trained on his chest. Let's play a game to jog your memory. It's simple. I ask a question and you answer. You tell the truth. You lie. It hurts. It hurts worse. Much worse. Got it? Lost for words, he nods, his face taking on a sickly pallor. Good. I tip my head toward his wife. How long? Her forehead creases. How, how long what? Don't play dumb with me, Kellen. How long have you been cheating on her? His mouth droops, lips quick to form their lie, but Laura cuts him off before he can speak. Her voice rings with righteous indignation, her eyes hot on mine. Who the hell do you think you are? I'll have you know my brother's a cop when he finds out about- I swing the gun her way. Not another word. She falls silent, cold shock swimming through her arctic blue irises her eyes forming mean slits. This is a woman used to giving orders, not taking them. My command has her boiling inside, but it's nothing compared to the rage simmering within me. The rage that's been building for a lifetime. I leave the gun on her and shift my gaze back to Kellen. Back to the thin line of sweat beating beneath his thinning hairline. How long? Kellen shakes his head and fans out his fingers of his zip-tied hands. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a lie. Just last night I followed him to a bar, 
watched him fish out a college candy brunette, and watched him play grab-ass with her as they piled into his car. Then it was off to her place. As they disappeared inside, I imagined him calling Laura, his boxers slung around his ankles, with his eyes rolled back in pleasure. Sorry, honey, I gotta stay late again. Too much work to do. Last chance, I say. Kellen turns to Laura, eyebrows straining up as if I have no clue what he's talking about. I pull the stun gun from my jacket pocket and slam it crackling into his leg. His quadriceps contract and seize, and I watch his eyes crystallize with the knowledge that I'm willing to do anything to extract the truth, whatever it takes. The boy screams, and as I pull it back, only a second this time, Kellen's next lie will get him two, push it past three and he'll fade, take it to five and he'll be jello. I start back towards his leg, and he cuts me off. Stop! Stop! Okay, okay, Kellen says. Okay? What? I ask. He tips his head toward the floor. Laura turns his way, concern spreading over her face. What is it, Kellen? What's he talking about? He plays the victim, shoulders slunk forward, mouth pulled tight. I... I, I had a fling. Just, just a one-night thing, but it, it was nothing. I was just... I crushed the stun gun into the ribs of his corduroy pants. He screams as 50,000 volts surge through his leg for a second time. I take off two seconds and pull it back. Now, now, Mr. Evans. Secrets don't make friends, do they? When was this... Fling. I soak the last word in derision. He now has cold clarity in his mud-colored eyes, searching mine, wondering exactly what I know. Oh, and I know so much more. But we have all night to share, and I'm just getting started. His jaw bunches as he spits the word out. Last night. What? Laura says. What do you mean, last night? I grin beneath my mask as the tide of her anger shifts his way. Good, Mr. Evans. Good. I lean forward in my chair and pat his knee. We're making progress. His brow crunches in wrath. It's a look I remember well. I realize Laura's talking. You tell me right now, Kellen, who is this little... I cut her off with a wave of the gun. Enough. Let's keep playing. How many women have there been? Since her, that is, I say, nodding to Laura. His mouth crumples inward as he chews a hole in his cheek. Two. Only two. Wrong. I jam the stun gun into the side of his neck and squeeze the trigger. His jaw hammers shut as an electric river pours through his veins, through his tendons. I watch them snap beneath the skin as a thin rope of spittle works in the corner of his mouth to his lap. Three seconds. I release the trigger on his head, smacks the back of his chair with a dull thud. He's starting to daze. Laura watches me, silent and doe-eyed, Unable to process what's happening, or who she should hate more, him or me. The answer is him. He lifts his head and gives it a shake. Take two. How many? A whimper to my right. The boy, crimson with fear. His voice trembling. Please don't hurt my daddy anymore. I lock eyes with him. He has the sandy blonde hair of his mother and his father's nose, thin and straight. Beneath the tear tracks, his cheeks a flushed tan, the last remnants of summer. My gaze drops lower, and I see that he's wet his pants. 
it nearly breaks me. Jacob, does your daddy tell you the truth? The boy sits there, lips flamed and quivering. Well, does he? He gives me the slightest nod. Exactly. Telling the truth is the right thing to do. Your daddy's lying. If he tells the truth, I'll stop hurting him. Sound fair? Unsure, the boy nods again, his eyes glazed with tears. I can't look at him any longer. I know what he sees when he looks at me. The monster I've become. The monster his father made me. I swing back to Kellen. How many? Six. He says it between clenched teeth, jaw grinding away. Laura keeps her gaze on the gun, but I see her eyes ice over. There it is. The first crack in the veneer. How long have you betrayed your wife? He glowers at me and bucks at the restraints, ready to tear me to shreds with his bare hands, but he won't escape. I've done my research. I bound him well. I let him carry on for a minute before brandishing the stun gun. You done? Scowling, he falls silent. Good. Now, how long? His lips form a grim line. Seven years. Kellen, no. Her features crumble beneath the weight of her husband's confession. Suddenly, she's ten years older. You said you'd never do that to me. You promised. I whirl on her, dumbstruck. And you believed him? You, of all people, actually believed him? She stares at me in silence, hands shaking. Answer me! Who are you? You know who I am. She cocks her slim head, eyes flashing recognition. Connor? Ding, 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 I say, as I rip off the mask and fling it across the room. Oh my god, I thought you were in New York. Kellen whispers. I glare at him, rage burning through my chest like molten lava. Did you think I'd just... Leave you alone forever, you bastard. Just let you and your family live out the rest of your days in peace after destroying mine? Connor, I... I thrust a finger in his face and cut him off. No, Kellen, no. I listened to your shit for years, and so did my mother. And it ruined her. I never meant for that to happen. Of course you didn't. You just traded up after this one came along, I say with a nod to Laura. She was younger, hotter. I mean, who can blame you, right? It wasn't like that. No? What was it like then, huh? Why'd you abandon us? Why'd you ruin my mother? Connor, you have to believe me. I never knew she'd do that. Bullshit. She told you she would. Over and over she told you. I stop and swallow the rage crawling up my throat. I need to take my time here, make him understand. I lower my voice and lean forward. Do you have any idea the hell I've been through since? The foster homes? The abuse? Can you believe I actually thought you'd come for me? That you'd adopt me? I waited for a year, Kellen. An entire year. Every day I'd look out the window and expect to see you pull up. But you never did. I pause. My eyes are starting to burn with the memory, and I can't go on. But I have to. I have to know. Why didn't you? I was... Selfish, Connor. I didn't know what to do with you. I, I I, loved you, I really did. But after what happened with your mom, I, I didn't think you'd want me in your life. 
I guess I just chickened out. I look away and wipe my eyes. See, that's just it. Even after what you did, I still believed in you. I thought you cared for me. Can you believe that? I was such a fool. My voice cracks and I can no longer hold back, the tears cutting hot across my skin. I stand and turn away and let them fall where they may. My entire body is shaking. Then I consider walking out the door for a moment. I can't do this to them any longer, especially the boy. It will destroy him. Then Laura speaks behind me, her voice soft, barely a whisper. Your mom wasn't well, Connor. She needed help. We tried to tell her. We offered to pay, but she wouldn't listen. Fury sparks in my chest, and I whirl around and bring my face within inches of hers. She winces back. Her perfume wafts forward, peaches and cream. I know what you did. She blinks, lips tight, colorless. N no, what? You told her to do it. To kill herself. That no one would miss her. That you wouldn't give him up, no matter what. I never said that. I tried to help her. Connor, I swear it. I- Shut up. Shut up! Don't you lie to me, too. Do you think I never read your emails? Your texts? Well, I did, Laura. Every last one. She showed me all those vile things you said. You never cared about my mother. Don't you dare act like you do now. They watch me with anxious eyes. The three of them, a chorus of dread wondering what I'll do next. The boy is openly sobbing now. His gulping cries are the only sound. I can't bear to look at him, to hear him. I want him gone, locked safe in his room. He doesn't deserve any of this. But he has to be here. He has to. It's the only way she'll listen. She'll only see Kellen for who he is. Kellen breaks the silence. Connor, I'm sorry. Truly. I loved your mother. I tried to talk her out of it. Bullshit, I snarl. You left us to rot. No, Kellen. The only thing you've ever loved is yourself. And I think it's time we find out how much. I slowly crack my knuckles, one at a time, as I take in the expanse of the living room of the man who stole my life. The floor-to-ceiling windows boasting mountain views. Snap! The fringe doors and granite countertops. Snap! The luxurious cream-colored sofas and the opulent fireplace layered in smiling, silver-framed photos of the three of them. Just one big, happy family. Snap, snap, snap. I whip back around. It's time for our final game of the evening. Kellen's face waxes over with fear. I was only ten when you took her. Took everything. I'm sure you'll agree it's only fair I return the favor. But unlike you, I'm a reasonable man. I'll give you something you never gave me. A choice. He's shivering now. This shell of a man. This cancer. How I ever looked up to him... I'll never know. Look, Connor, whatever you're thinking of doing, please don't. My son, he's just a kid. He doesn't need to see this. His words sting. It's true. But it's too late now. I can't turn back. I was just a kid. 
I thought I was your kid. I hiss through clenched teeth and then take a deep breath and center myself. Here's the game. It's simple. A choice. Your choice, Callan. You pick one. Your wife, your son, or you. I don't understand. I brandish the gun. Isn't it obvious? My meaning renders his face slack. No. Yes. You can choose. Or I can. But either way, someone dies tonight. I stroll over to the boy and, arm trembling, place the barrel against his soft, straw-colored hair. He flinches away, and I feel sick. What have I become? I stare at Kellen. I think I know what makes the most sense. It would be in his best interest. Save him a lot of pain. You know you're just going to screw him up anyway. No. No, you will not hurt my son. Laura screams as she bucks in the chair. A cascade of blue spaghetti veins break out across her neck. I wait for her to stop. I jam the stun gun into her ribs when she doesn't and send crackling agony swimming through her chest. She jerks away and falls silently, a strange purplish tinge over her face. Now, let's be civil about this, I say. No need to lose our heads. The look she gives me as I say is one of pure, unadulterated fear. To her, I'm unhinged. Crazy. I've finally broken through. Now, maybe she'll listen. I tap her on the nose with the gun. Good. Glad we understand each other. I turn back to Kellen. The name. His face is stained with tears. True emotion. Something I thought impossible. No matter. It's years too late. I wore the mask for a reason. I am the Grim Reaper, and I've come to collect for a lifetime of sin. There's no talking himself out of this one. No silky smooth sentence to win back what he wants. Only a choice. One simple question. Will he sacrifice himself? Will he finally choose someone else? I squat in front of him. You know the right answer here, Callan. You know what you need to do. Say it. He shakes his head. Mouth pulled tight, lips gone. You can't make me do this. Please don't make me do this. Say it. Say your name. You won't feel a thing, which is more than you deserve. Connor, I didn't- Say it, goddammit! I roar. Say it! Kellen? Laura shrieks beside him. Don't you dare let him hurt our boy. Don't you dare let him hurt my Jacob. My heart tears in my chest at the sight. The boy's complexion has faded to a ghastly white. He won't last much longer. I'm sorry, Jacob. I'm so sorry. Last chance, Kellen. Then I choose. You don't want me to do that. Give me a name. Kellen's head topples forward and lolls side to side. His tears make shining, wet circles on the dark oak floor. Finally, he mumbles something. I lean in. What? He lifts his head, defeat swirling in his eyes. He can't change who he is any more than I can resurrect my mother. I know his answer before he gives it. Laura. You son of a bitch. She hisses. Done, I say, standing and circling behind her. Her hate transforms to fear as I level the Glock at the base of her skull. Her entire body tremors as she pleads for her life. She begs me to reconsider that she has a son to live for in frantic tones. 
that she never meant to hurt me. No, of course not, Laura. I'm sure you didn't. The boy screams for me to leave his mommy alone, his voice mixing with hers and forming an awful cacophony of panic. I let their words rain down. I am titanium. I was forged in the furnace of my youth, smelted with rage and vengeance. All my pity has been ruined by a lifetime of pain and betrayal by those supposed to protect me. To love me. What is love? I cock the gun. Wait, Connor. Kellen. Pale-faced and miserable. I wave the gun at him and allow him to speak. I wonder if he will choose someone other than himself for the first time in his life. It chokes out the words. I'm so sorry, Laura. I'm so very sorry. But I... I can't do it. I, I, I can't. Oh, I'll watch over Jacob, I promise. Please, please forgive me. She's crying so hard now she can't respond. Her face is smeared with rage-soaked betrayal. Her mascara running down her face in black streams. She sees him for the first time. She'll never forgive him for this. Say goodbye, Laura. She turns to her son and tells him she loves him through a mess of tears. Says she'll be with him no matter what. Her words lodge in my throat and my vision blurs to a golden smudge. My mother told me the same thing as she tucked me into bed when she jumped. That she'd always be there, deep down, in my heart. All I had to do was look. God damn you all. I pull the trigger. Her entire body seizes forward as the firing pin clicks home empty. For a moment, she doesn't move, unable to reconcile how she still draws breath. Then, with a sudden jerk, she begins to sob, her shoulders rolling and heaving like the waves of an angry ocean. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. She mumbles into her hands. I lean in and whisper in her ear. Now you know who you've married. Now you know what he's capable of. Protect your son. Don't let him become me. Outside, the crisp night air stings my lungs as I walk toward my car. They'll probably call the cops, but I don't care. For the first time in two decades, I can breathe. I can finally let go. I hope you enjoyed Homecoming, as written by Caleb Stevens and performed by Nick Goroff, Heather Ordover, and Kyle Stroud. Author Caleb Stevens' work can be found throughout our YouTube channel and podcast episodes, as well as on his author profile with us at creepypastastories.com. Just search for Stevens in the search bar, that's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S, to find more of his terrifying tales and ways to follow him on social media. Heather Ordover can be found on the amazing Craft Lit podcast, as well as on our channel. That's C-R-A-F-T-L-I-T, all one word, folks. Kyle Stroud's work can be found here on our network as well as on his website at kylestroud.com. That's K-Y-L-E-S-T-R-O-U-D.com. Now... Our weekly descent into the depths has just about come to a close. But before we go, I'd like to take a moment to thank you for joining us for tonight and remind you to take a moment to stop by our iTunes page and leave Chilling Tales for Dark Nights a five-star review and a kind word. 
and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you haven't already. And of course, subscribe to us on YouTube, where you can find an archive of our work going back to 2012, and consider signing up as a patron at our website, ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com, to show your support and get all of our content ad-free. I'm your host, Steve Taylor, and it's been a pleasure. Tune in again next week when we once again turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Sweet dreams, listener. Sweet dreams. <laughs>Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.